Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You. Agriculture is Saskatchewan. And 620 CKRM is your source for everything ag. Welcome to our newly expanded Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. Here's your host, Jim Smalley. And a good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. It's brought to you by Seedmaster. Save up to $22.50 per acre on canola with the Seedmaster Ultra Pro 2 Individual Row Metering System. The latest crop report was released this morning by Saskatchewan Agriculture and shows farmers are making significant harvest progress this week. We have some comments from the new federal conservative agriculture critic about the carbon tax. There's a feature on a Yorkton area mixed farm suffering from severe weather this year. Real Agriculture talks with the Saskatchewan Minister of Agriculture, David Merritt. There are some changes to funding at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine in Saskatoon, and the latest Manitoba crop report has also been released. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. Eat. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director, Jim Smalley. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today also brought to you by Assiniboia Livestock for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today brought to you by GGL Commodities, proudly serving Saskatchewan agribusinesses for over 40 years. Looking to market your grain? Call GGL Commodities Today, 306-624-2378. Saskatchewan farmers made significant harvest progress during the past week. Provincial Crops Extension Specialist Shannon Friesen says close to half the crop is in the bin. Well, provincially, 43% of the crop is now in the bin, uh, so that is up about 15% from last week and does remain well ahead of the five-year average of about 35% for this time of year. Uh, we also have about 29% of the crop that is either swathed or is ready to straight cut. What area is most advanced? What area least advanced? Well, the southwest region, of course, leads uh, with 71% of the crop now combined. The southeast region has 59%, the west central region 38%, the east central region 29%, the northeast has 17%, and the northwest has 7 By crop, what's the harvest progress? Well, most of the winter cereals have now wrapped up, and 91% of the lentils, 87% of the field peas, 73% of the mustard, 58% of the barley, 62% of the durum, 39% of the chickpeas, 32% of the spring wheat, and 23% of the canola has now been combined. And we do have about 49% of the canola crop that is either swathed or ready to straight cut. Was there any rainfall this past week? Uh, we got a little bit in most of the province. However, some areas in the north and the east did get a little bit more. So the Kelvington area in particular did get 29 millimeters. What's the topsoil moisture rating? Uh, well, at the moment, province-wide, uh, cropland topsoil moisture is rated as 2% surplus, 34% adequate, 41% short, and 23% very short. On hayland and pasture, it is 1% surplus, 23% adequate, 42% short, and 34% very short. What's the yield forecast? Is it above average, below average, and what are some numbers? 
seems to be about average at this time. Of course, we do have some areas that we have some disappointing yields, mainly from the lack of moisture and the really hot temperatures we had in August. But we are also hearing from producers, especially in parts of the southwest and southeast, um, that in fact they have some higher than expected yields as well. Uh, So at the moment, of course, provincially, so far average overall, Um, and at the moment they are estimating that we have about 45 bushels per acre for hard red spring wheat, 38 bushels per acre for durum, 67 bushels per acre for barley, 35 bushels per acre for canola, 39 bushels per acre for field peas, and about 1,548 pounds per acre for lentils. What were some of the main causes of crop damage this past week? Our most crop damage was due to strong winds, either shelling out standing crops or blowing some swaths around. Um, Of course, the lack of moisture has also taken a toll, and we did have a frost in the province early Tuesday morning. So, of course, the frost damage does vary, and producers are busy assessing that. But there are indications, especially in the north part of the province, that much of the immature crop may actually have had some damage. How bad can you tell at this stage? Really hard to say just yet, uh, even though it has been a couple days since the frost. We won't really know until those crops start to come off. Have there been any combine fires like we had a couple weeks ago? Yeah, absolutely, yes. Uh, Certainly reports still are coming in, especially from that southwest part of the province, of field and combine fires. So, of course, the rain that we did get last week has, has helped, but that risk is still there. And you're advising producers to be careful out there. Absolutely. Uh, Even though we are getting closer to half done, uh, certainly care should still be taken, making sure that, you know, you're clearing the chaff off of the combine, you're doing walk-arounds, you're getting lots of rest, and, of course, ensuring that you have fire extinguishers as well as ways to put out fires if necessary. Shannon Friesen compiles the weekly crop report for the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. This portion is brought to you by Selford Group. Call your Selford equipment dealer or visit selfordgroup.com. And the Canadian Canola Growers Association, helping farmers succeed. Visit ccga.ca to learn more. Canada's Federal Minister of Agriculture says she's still open to the idea of exempting fuels for grain dryers, from the federal carbon tax. But Marie-Claude Bebeau already said several months ago her figures show the carbon tax was not a major issue for most producers. The new federal Tory agriculture critic disagrees. Leanne Root, who represents the riding of Lambton-Kent, Middlesex in Ontario, not far from Sarnia, says farmers there are also suffering from the impact of the federal carbon tax, which was increased by 50% back in the spring. Well, I can tell you in my riding specifically, uh, we don't have public transportation. And so it doesn't only just hurt our farmers, it hurts any Canadian living in rural Canada that does not have an option for public transportation. But my farmers in particular, I was I was getting bills from them for their grain drying because, of course, we have a lot of corn uh, and, and beans that need to be dried. $8,000 a bill for a month of, of grain drying last fall. And that's that's just something that obviously producers can't, they have to absorb those costs. There's no way for, for them to recoup those costs, uh, as most producers know. So this is something we've been asking for a change on. In fact, one of my colleagues, uh, Philip Lawrence, had put forward a private member's bill before uh, Parliament prorogued uh, to, to change this, this in the tax code so that we could exempt 
farm fuels from the carbon tax. So we're, we're going to continue to push on this because we know that it just adds an extra burden for farmers across the country, and we'll hope that we can get the government to listen on this. Rood says she has a background in agriculture and represents a riding in Ontario that grows a wide variety of crops. Uh, I do come from southwestern Ontario. Lambton-Kent-Middlesex is my riding, and I would say the vast majority of the riding is agriculture. We do a lot of production in not only fruits and vegetables, but we do a lot of uh, uh, cash crops as well, mainly beans, wheat, corn, uh, just to name a few. So we're very rich in agriculture, and we have very deep roots there in agriculture, and I do as well. I come from a, a farm background. My family has farmed for three generations, and we... That's Ontario Tory MP Leanne Rood, the party's new federal agriculture critic. Call it a triple whammy. Prairie Dome potatoes and strawberries about eight minutes south of Yorkton was rocked by a 15-minute storm late day Thursday, August 27th. Manager Kirk Flamen says fruit trees, strawberry plants and potatoes were hammered by wind and rain. He spoke with reporter Jack Dawes. Four or five years, yeah, and we stripped, uh, yeah, all the, the whole west side stripped off and the whole east side looks okay. And so that was the hailstorm that came through on Thursday. Do they recover? I'm hoping so. We're going to find out, I guess. Uh, I mean, we, we are seeing some of the other plants, like potatoes, they're starting to put out uh, leaves again. Uh, strawberry plants are putting out new leaves and new runners again. So, so for that, they are responding. But tree-wise, I don't know what in terms of damage. We're not seeing very many dead and broken branches yet. Uh, so that's good. But, but we are seeing also some damage in terms of... We have, we have some sap also coming off some of our trees. Uh, so so all these, they, they are trying to heal themselves. So this tree is totally stripped. Yeah, it's totally gone. Yeah, so it's probably what we'll do is we'll have to cut them out and just, and just take them right out. Hmm. Uh, this is a variety that has been developed here? Uh, developed by the University of Saskatchewan. These are their, their, their romance series sour cherries. Uh, so we have uh, four different kinds of them. And uh, they've done... They've grown very well for us. Uh, in terms of production, it's hit and miss so far for us. I don't know what we're doing differently with it or if it's just uh, the soil that it's in, but, but we're hoping for another hit next year. But right now with, with, with this coming through, uh, probably the, the fruit set for next year might be affected by that as well. 180 acres of potato crop was already a near write-off due to earlier drought. Prairie Dome is one of the few commercial potato entities in eastern Saskatchewan, also a UPEC strawberry, raspberry, cherry, Saskatoon-type farm with a variety of other vegetables, all but totaled on the evening of August 27th. And to add insult to injury, recovering potato vines were hit by frost early Tuesday morning of this week. Lamon says the remaining potatoes in the ground will not be hurt by the frost, but a majority of the crop never developed because of the earlier drought conditions. Time now for Real Agriculture with Sean Haney. Brought to you in part by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamp's Integra Tire in Grenfell. Your locally owned Integra Tire dealers on The Source 620 CKRM. This is your realagriculture.com update brought to you by the Canola School. Get canola agronomic information when you need it on your smartphone, tablet, or laptop. Our library of timely agronomic information is free and available at canolaschool.com. Sean Haney here with realagriculture.com and Real Ag Radio, joined right now by the Minister of Agriculture from Saskatchewan. It is Mr. David Merritt. Mr. Merritt, how are you doing? Real good, Sean. Thank you very much. Yeah, thanks a lot for joining us. Really appreciate it. You know, it's been kind of a interesting week. Uh, some cold temperatures biting some of the crops in parts of the province. I'm sure your office has been hearing from some growers on some of the damage. Well, I mean, it's uh, we haven't. Uh, it's early, obviously, to see just what the impact would be. I think for the most part, Sean, a lot of the crop was is uh, ripe, and uh, it's either 
you know, it's in the swath or it's being straight cut as we speak today. So, uh, you know, I mean, last week we were at 28% of the harvest done in the province. I'm sure this week when we get it on Thursday, it's going to be up substantially. It's been a pretty good week. We lost maybe a day or two in some parts of the province, but uh, the frost would might have obviously might have an impact on some later seeded crop, but for the most part, I think uh, you know the uh, crop is quite mature. Through the summer here, big announcement by the Saskatchewan government on a very large, substantial irrigation project—a new project for Saskatchewan. What's the update on the progress of making this project happen? Well, right now, I think uh, as of just uh, here at the end of August, an RFP closed to. Uh, to select a consultant to start in some of the preliminary design work. And uh, and we'll see where that goes. It hasn't been uh, selected yet. I know they, they closed in, uh, I think, August 26th is when it closed, Sean. So they'll be going through that, evaluating that process on the selection side of it. And then, uh, and then the consultant will start some preliminary work on some design work and some moving forward in the first stage. Now, I asked some of the Real Agriculture audience for some questions for you, and and there there was an audience member that uh, brought up the idea that there's still you're still waiting for some federal funds. Is that true? Well, I mean, you know, uh, through SAS bills, we're obviously in consultation with the federal government to to see if there's a willingness to partner. And my understanding is is the federal government is looking at this project quite favorably, and uh, and rightfully so. I think it's. Uh, it's a major project, uh, obviously, in the province of Saskatchewan, but it's a very important project for all of Canada. Uh, when you see, uh, you know, when we can get into specialty crops and things like that and, and expanded irrigation, uh, I mean, if we hit that target of 500,000 acres, it's very substantial that we will get into some specialty crops, which will obviously attract uh, investment in the uh, processing side and the value-added side. What's been the reaction on the project uh, from the farming community in Saskatchewan? From the, from the most part, very, very good. Uh, you know, we've heard from just, just about all the farm organizations here in the province that they really welcome this project and see the opportunity for increased value-added, increased agriculture production, and obviously long-term, long-term sustainability in a big area for with water. Where do you stand on the agri-stability reform? We're going to have a first minister's meeting coming up here in October. There's a lot of talk is going to be about BRM programs. Uh, we've heard the federal government discuss a lot that, you know, the provinces need to step up. It's kind of a back and forth, if you, if you will, between the feds and, and the different provinces. Where, where do you stand on some of the farm groups requests to go back to the 85%? Well, I mean, I think there's, uh, there's a combination of a lot of things here, Sean, that have to be looked at. And, from the ag community and, and actually from the provincial perspective, from a government perspective too, is really when you make changes like that, they come with a price tag. And and the concerning part for the province of Saskatchewan is when you change those numbers, we are the most uh, severely impacted as far as a higher cost of all other jurisdictions uh, in Canada. And that's because we have, well, you know, well over 40% of all the arable land in Canada is in the province of Saskatchewan. And with a population of just, you know, 1.2 million people, then obviously uh, the higher the cost, then it's uh, on a tax basis per capita, it becomes quite high versus, say, Ontario, Quebec, or, or BC, and provinces like that. So it's challenging that way, and it's finding the right mix that really does make it work. And uh, whether, it's, uh, whether it's moving it to 85% or whether it's removing the reference margin limit, uh, or things like other enhancements that, uh, you know, we have to look at 
it comes down to uh, you know what what the cost and what the financial impact is to the provinces. This has been your Real Agriculture Update. You can find out more about this issue or many others at realagriculture.com. It's your agri-weather forecast on The Source 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Raymore, Yorkton and Watrous, New Holland. Working hard to keep more jingle in your jeans. And brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina. Specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin or Devin at 352-1866. The 620 CKRM farm weather. Sunny sky today. Wind west 20. Early this afternoon. The high 25. The low 6. Tomorrow, sunny, wind south 20, the high Friday 26 degrees, the low 7. Saturday, increasing cloudiness, the high 18, the low 4. Sunday, partly cloudy, the high 18, the low 7. Monday, cloudy, the high 23, the low 9. Tuesday, partly cloudy, the high 20, the low 6. Wednesday, partly cloudy, the high near 14. Normal high for this date is now 19, the normal low is 4. The sun rose at 627 this morning. It sets at 723 tonight. And around the province, the hot spot, yellow grass, 25 degrees. The cold spot up north, Collins Bay, second day in a row, 9 degrees. Estevan is 24, Saskatoon 20, Swift Current 23, Weyburn 24, Yorkton is 20. In Regina with sunny skies, it's 23, that's 73 Fahrenheit. Winds are from the west at 18, gusting to 28. Humidity 33%, the barometer falling 102.4. Sunny in Moose Jaw, 24 degrees. Winds are from the west, northwest at 21. Once again, Regina, sunny in 23, that's 73 Fahrenheit. Back in a moment. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Jim Smalley. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers. Get fair market value for your assets with an online auction through McDougal Auctioneers. McDougalAuctions.com The Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon will have more students in the future. The current number for each annual class is 78, but that could be as high as 90 in coming years. The Western College of Veterinary Medicine has secured a new five-year funding agreement with three of the four western provinces. Governments in Saskatchewan, Manitoba and B.C. will continue to fund a set number of seats in the college, 20 each for Saskatchewan and B.C. and 15 for Manitoba. For the first time, Alberta is not part of the funding agreement and has moved its money to the University of Calgary's Faculty of Veterinary Medicine. In response, the veterinary college in Saskatoon will have what it calls open positions. Dr. Gillian Muir is the interim dean of the Western College of Veterinary Medicine. One of the things we're doing is increasing our class size, so we're going to be adding another uh, up to 25 students. So we might be going up to anywhere from 85 up to 90 students in each class. The other way we're addressing this is we have a um, what we call an open seat program, whereby we can offer non-subsidized seats, that is seats that are not subsidized by each of the funding provinces, to Canadians or to, uh, to international students, because there's a huge uh, demand for veterinary medical education in Canada and across the world. Annual tuition for the government-subsidized positions is just over $12,000, while the open seats are $68,000. Dr. Muir says there is stiff competition for spots in veterinary colleges. Historically, in our college, there's been probably eight applications for every seat that we've been able to offer. 
So there's a lot of demand for veterinary education across Canada and globally. Students that don't get accepted, do they often uh, try another route or? Well, yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that we discovered while we're um, looking at this agreement was that every year we have really talented students from Western Canada who were not accepted into into our college's vet program. They're going away to the United Kingdom, to the Caribbean, to Australia for their vet education. And so us being able to offer these open seats here provides an option for those students to stay at home for their education. And then we're hoping that being from Western Canada, they will be more apt to move back to their home province and practice there. Dr. Muir talks about the relationship between the two veterinary colleges at the University of Saskatchewan and the University of Calgary. We're not in competition with Calgary. Um, There's been a lot of, certainly in terms of research collaboration, there's a lot of, of course, our graduates who are are working at that college. And there's certainly no, there's no competition for students. Alberta decided to focus more on, on funding their own college, and that's fine. You know, we're both moving ahead. The relationship is good. What yeah. sort of examples uh, can you name where the, the well, two schools work together? Well, certainly for um, cattle reproduction research, that's, there's collaboration between the two schools. And again, we've got some of our graduates working out there in, at the university. The shortage of large animal veterinarians is a concern for the livestock sector, and discussions continue with government on addressing the situation. So each of the provinces have different needs in terms of where they want their veterinarians to go and what they want from their uh, veterinary services. For example, here in Saskatchewan, the provincial government has been working very hard to uh, use and used a very impressive multi-pronged approach to try to um, encourage and keep uh, uh, veterinarians in rural areas. Um, one aspect of that is our in our admissions program. And so we are we're investigating having some seats set aside for students from rural areas who intend to go and and practice back in rural areas in Saskatchewan. So so those are still in the development stage, but it looks promising. Dr. Gillian Muir is the Interim Dean of the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan. It has renewed a five-year, $134 million funding agreement with the provinces of Saskatchewan, Manitoba, and British Columbia. Well, you're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Source, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Diggleman Industries. Look to Diggleman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And the REMAX Crown Realty Ag Team of Marcel DeCorby and Graham Toth. Online at landforsalesask.ca. Manitoba's weekly crop report says the weather has caused some issues for many farmers. Manitoba Agriculture Crop Specialist Dane Fraze says frost was a major issue. Uh, widespread frost across much of the province, in fact, uh, particularly the southwest region and uh, stretching into the northwest uh, in areas immediately north and west of Riding Mountain National Park. Fraze adds weather has also affected harvest progress. It certainly has. Um, harvest progress has been delayed and sporadic this week, particularly with cool uh, per- periodically heavy dew uh, overnight uh, conditions, as well as high winds or um, high humidity impacting the number of hours in a day that successful harvest operations can be conducted. So a lot of producers are uh, taking off wet or tough grain and running it through aeration or running it through a grain dryer, depending on uh, their setup in order to extend that harvest window. Frost right now is certainly unwelcome as there were uh, a number of crops in the southwest that were still in a sensitive stage. Uh, canola is largely past um, seeing damage, but that is not to say that uh, certain reseeded crops or late seeded crops are could be susceptible. Uh, soybeans are the main concern at this time. 
given that a number of soybeans uh, were still quite green, had a lot of leaf material on them, ranging anywhere from R5 to about R7 stages, and uh, frost can have some impact there in terms of uh, green seed content and yield. Fraze says the high winds caused some issues with the swath. That's exactly right. Those uh, canola fields that have been lying in swath for a number of days starting to dry out, become light and fluffy, and those uh, gale force winds uh, can very easily pick up those swaths, start rolling them into bunches or flipping them over entirely, scattering swath canola all over the field. So that uh, certainly contributes to yield loss as those pods either break off or could shatter open depending on the variety. And it makes harvest a slow and frustrating process uh, afterward to try and uh, salvage as much as possible. But Manitoba farmers still made a lot of harvest progress in the past week. That's right. Yeah, we did see a fairly large jump in harvest progress this week. Uh, Another 10% of the total crop in Manitoba went into the bin. Winter cereals are largely done at this time. Uh, Spring cereals are ongoing, generally between two-thirds and uh, nearly 90% complete, uh, depending on the exact location. Most of that progress is south of the Trans-Canada Highway and in the um, Dauphin-Roblin areas, Uh, but there are certainly pockets that are are less advanced depending on seeding date. Uh, Peas are also nearly complete and canola is starting to pick up steam in terms of harvest. However, we still are um, about 25% behind the three-year average at this time for canola. Fraze is anticipating some feed shortages this winter. Yes, there is, certainly is concern for feed shortages in some areas. Other areas do have a, a slight surplus this year, uh, so it will be uh, a matter of producers being able to find and source the appropriate feedstocks. Um, Producers are reminded to take advantage of the Manitoba Hay Listing Service uh, to post feed that they might have for sale or to look for feed that they may need to buy, depending on the type. Um, Right now, producers are fairly aggressively baling straw as uh, a feed source as well as uh, bedding for, for cattle for winter. Fraze says this week's warm weather for harvest is certainly welcome. Dane Fraze is a crop specialist with Manitoba Agriculture. Over. The Market Updates with Jim Smalley on The Source, 620 CKRM. Market Update is brought to you by Scott Bjornson of Hall as Wealth. For more information or to book a free consultation, call 1-800-284-9999. And brought to you by Nelson GM, Assiniboy and Avonlea. If you are a Costco member, get huge savings on current 2019 and 2020 SUVs right now. Grain prices were showing upward movement in early trading this morning at Viterra. Canola rose 140 at 456.37. Number one red spring wheat gained 378 at 221.50. The rest unchanged. Durham 273.73. Feed barley 178.70. Flax 552.85. Lentils 550.50. Oats 173.53. Yellow peas 248 dollars 89 cents. And feed wheat 166.16. Minneapolis spring wheat December futures gained five cents at 5.40 and a half cent a bushel. I've. It's the livestock reports on the source 620 CKRM. 221. 551 pounds at 206. On the black heifers, 500 pounds at a buck 98, and 547 pounds at dollar 86. On the red X heifers, 490 pounds at 201 and a quarter, 563 pounds at a buck 88, and their big sisters at 641 at a dollar 75.50. On the yearning trade, here are some results: 750-pound yearning heifers, a buck 92. 846 pound heifers a buck 77.50, 
950 weight heifers at $1.67 and a quarter, and the 1,040 pound heifers at $1.59 and a quarter. On the 750 pound yearling steers, a buck 95. 745 pound yearling steers, 205.75, and their 1,100 pound brothers at a buck 64. On the cow and bull trade, we saw it under a little pressure, but the quality of the cows play a big role in the prices. 193 cows this week averaged 77 cents with a high of 89.50. 35 big bulls this week averaged $1.04 with a high of $1.17.50. Producers, next week on Friday, September 18th, is our monthly sheep and goat sale, with receiving Thursday from noon to late and Friday till sale time, which is 11 o'clock. Also, it is Barland Stables Colt and Riding Horse Production Sale on that Friday, which starts at 5 p.m. This sale is also televised on the DLMS network. So give Barland a call or go to our website for further information. And due to COVID, please call to reserve a seat in our sales ring. Next week and every week after for the fall will be pre-sorts, so give us a call to book your cattle in and to avoid disappointment by us being full. Once again, this is the Junior for HLS Yorkton. Thank you and have a great day. The latest pork prices are unavailable today. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is Roy Rutledge at the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Our next cattle sale here in Weyburn is this coming Monday, September the 14th. This will be a special pre-sorted yearling sale. These yearlings are selling well. If you have some to market at the special sale on Monday, call the Weyburn Livestock Exchange at 842-4574 to get them booked in. Lots of big strings of yearlings listed for this sale already, but we have room for more. 842-4574. In the meantime, in between time, this Saturday, September 12th, is the annual Moose Mountain Colt Sale. The Brickleys will have about 60 high-choice and fancy Colts and Phillies at this auction sale on Saturday. This is a special sale as usual. The Brickley foals only. Top quarter-horse bloodlines. You won't find them any better, and they are all here for sale. No reserves, bid-ins, or buybacks, which is unusual for most horse sales. But this year, there are special COVID rules. Not my rules. COVID-19 stuff. There is limited seating because everyone has to sit six feet apart, so please come alone, and only if you're buying some horses. Uh, sorry, no spectators this year. The sale will also be on the internet. Sale starts at 1 p.m. this Saturday at the Weyburn Livestock Exchange, 842-4574. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Jim Smalley. Now the Resource Report. A new report says Canadians living well below the low-income threshold had fallen further behind in the years prior to COVID-19. That's based on updated poverty figures from Stats Canada that experts say might get worse because of the pandemic. The average poverty gap grew from 31.8% in 2015 to 33.4% in 2018. Though during the same period, the percentage of people living the furthest beneath the poverty line, defined as earning 75% below the marker, declined from 7.4% to 5.4%. The agency says its recalculated figures suggest fewer people in Canada are living on low incomes. But those still in poverty have not seen their situations improve. Enbridge says it will restart the east segment of Line 5 in the Straits of Mackinac. It won approval for the restart from the U.S. Pipeline and Hazardous Materials Safety Administration and the Michigan Circuit Court. The Calgary-based company shut down both legs of the pipeline in June after noticing a disturbance to an underwater anchor supporting the eastern line. Enbridge says it has been assured by the Pipeline Administration that there are no integrity issues with Line 5, which moves crude oil and propane from Wisconsin to Sarnia, Ontario. On the markets, Canada's main stock index was down in late morning trading, while U.S. stock markets moved higher. 
The TSX Composite Index was down 23 points at 16,360. In New York, the Dow Jones Industrial Average was up 27 points at 27,967. The Canadian dollar traded at 75.99 cents U.S. compared with 75.91 cents on Wednesday. The October crude oil contract was down 53 cents at 37.52 a barrel. That's the resource report. Stay tuned for the closing grain prices at 1.45 this afternoon and an Agri-News report at 3.45 p.m. Tomorrow morning, there's another Agri-News report at 6.45 a.m. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Jim Smalley. Good afternoon and... You've been listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with Jim Smalley on 620 CKRM. If you missed any of today's broadcast, download the podcast now online at 620CKRM.com. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, now starting after the 12 o'clock news on your voice for everything ag. 620 CKRM.